This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all, all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day, and you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to Lead, Love, Profit, Play, where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. Today, we're going to talk about courage. We're going to talk about a specific type of courage. And it's the one that I got to be honest, in my life, I've, I've struggled with the most. And it's the one that's as I, as I let go of the, um, air quoting, as I let go of the cowardice of not showing up in this specific type of courage, as I let go of the layers of cowardice that held me back, as I let go of the layers of insecurity that held me back, of the inadequacy, of the insignificance that, that penetrates and infiltrates cowardice and lack of courage. As I let go of these things, it's exploded the amount of love that I have in the world, exploded the amount of impact that I have in the world, exploded the amount of success I have in the world, exploded the power of relationships that I have. It's exploded every element of my health and my wealth and my happiness. It's all about this specific courage. This That courage is the courage to be disliked. All you people pleasers, lean in. Because this one might just set you free. So one of the things that made my marriage so hard, (laughs) hard, difficult, so struggleicious. I love that word. The thing that made my marriage so struggleicious for so long is that I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be, I wanted to be wanted. I wanted to be wanted so much that I was willing to do anything, including destroy myself, give up myself. Reject my wants, my needs, my desires. I was willing to completely crush myself in order to be wanted, in order to be loved, in order to be accepted, desired. I was literally willing to destroy myself to be accepted, to be liked. In my marriage, there was, there, there was, there's always been love. I mean, we've, we've always loved each other at a deep level. And that was obvious. And listen, we've done some pretty egregious things in our marriage to each other, with each other, um, against each other. We've, we've done some pretty egregious things. And this, this podcast episode is not just going to be about marriage. I'm going to extend it to every aspect of, of life, but, um, We've always loved each other. We always, since like the first time we were really together and, and, you know, 
we we went out for a drink and she came home with me and she never left. My wife, Angie, never left. I love you, baby. Um, And there was an instant connection and instant love and instant just, I don't know. It was it was just like two souls colliding, right? So I do believe in soulmates and, and I do believe that my wife is my soulmate. And we were, there was never a chance that we weren't going to meet. Like it's on time, on purpose, no coincidence, no mistake. Everything happens for a reason, but we've always loved each other, but we didn't, we didn't always like each other. And in order to be liked, in order to be accepted, in order to feel valued by my wife, I was willing to literally allow myself to be destroyed in order to, to be liked. And it led to 300 pounds of suicidal freaking abuse of alcohol. I was working jobs I hated, doing things I hated, going places I hated, saying yes when I wanted to say no and saying no when I wanted to say yes. And it was complete codependency. And that that codependency was all people pleasing. It was all just willing to sack. I was willing to martyr myself for for her, for her like, <laughs> for, for, for her, not her, for her love. I had that, but for her like. And when I realized that that brought the amount of pain, when I really reflected after, after, you know, 16 years of, of pain and suffering and me chasing after acceptance, I I was, I was basically like, felt like a broken human being. And when, when I became aware of the fact that I was a people pleaser and that I just wanted to be accepted because I had been a, you know, I, man, I didn't have a, it, the story of my childhood was, you know, some elements of abandonment and neglect and, and their story, 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 and, and, and just, you know, uh, not being wanted, uh, being pushed away. And I just, by friends growing up and I, I air quote friends, right. Rejecting and, and, and abandoning. But those stories were in my mind and in my body so deeply embedded that, that I was just looking for acceptance in, in every form. I just, I was willing to be whoever someone needed me to be, or I thought they needed me to be in order to, in order to get their acceptance. And that shit showed up in my marriage and holy cow, was it painful. In March of 2016, after it all fell apart, and I mean all of it, like marriage was collapsing, my my career in executive leadership ended, my health was a disaster, I almost killed myself. I got I got to figure out how to put it all back together. And the first thing I had to to, to face was the fact that I was willing to destroy myself to gain the acceptance and approval of someone else. And that's pure shame. Pure shame, insignificance, inadequacy, in, insecurity, just shame. I'm broken. I need to be accepted and I'll do anything that it takes to get your acceptance because I don't matter. You matter and I don't. I need your acceptance. Pure shame. After, after I started that journey and, and I started patching back my soul, putting my, putting my soul back together from the shambles that it was, I, I literally realized that I had given up who I was for the benefit of trying to, trying to please others. And I got to, 
I got the inspiration to finally, for the first time in my life, take control of who I was. Because growing up, I mean, there were all you had to do was was tell me your favorite band, and that would eventually become my favorite band. Show me what your clothes look like, right? Tell me what your favorite shoes and clothes were like, and I was eventually going to start dressing like you. I just, I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be accepted and embraced. I, I just didn't want to be rejected. And for the first time in my life, when I decided to, to follow my own path and to honor my own desires and to just be me and to live soul out, when I decided to just like let me rip and stop rejecting and neglecting, stop abandoning myself, then, then she fought even harder. That's when she really started pushing me away and rejecting. That's when she started attacking even more. And that's when I filed for divorce. That was never what my wife wanted. My wife never wanted divorce. She was just so, so busy beating her own self up and rejecting herself and neglecting herself and abandoning herself that, that she was trying to be liked and I was trying to be liked. And we were trying to be like together with each other. And when you hate yourself, no one's going to make you not hate yourself. And we were facing deep, deep levels of, of self-hatred, of self-torture, of self-abandonment, of self-rejection, of shame. And we were trying to get the other one, or the person to resolve that. We were trying to get the, the partner. We were trying to get our partner, our, our marriage. We were trying to get our... I was trying to get my bride and she was trying to get me to to make her feel loved, to make her feel accepted, to make her feel complete, to make her feel whole. And when I couldn't do it, she attacked even harder and, and vice versa. And when I saw the madness of the chaos and the drama and the conflict that we were living in, I, I, I pulled the ripcord. That was it. I was done. And that's, But that's not what she wanted. We loved each other. My wife wanted our marriage. I wanted our marriage. We just didn't know how to coexist inside a healthy marriage. But that's when we got to kind of hit the hit the pause button, hit the, the reset, go to our neutral corners and figure out that I felt incomplete, inadequate, insecure, broken. She felt incomplete, inadequate, broken, insecure. And we were like, we were just trying to find relief from that shit in some way, shape or form. But when we went to our neutral corners and started like resolving our own internal conflicts, that's when we came back to the center of the ring in a way that was healthy and bonded and beautiful and not toxic, but love in a true state of love, letting others voluntarily evolve. But we had to, we had to go and resolve our own internal conflicts in order to make that work. And now, I only want for her what she wants for her. She doesn't get to decide the path or the direction that I take in my life. And I don't get to decide what path or direction she gets to take in her life. But we are here to celebrate and cheerlead the other person to go achieve, accomplish, get, create, do whatever they want to do inside, inside the bounds of, of a marriage that's in integrity. And integrity is a com- commitment to each other's well-being while providing a safe place for the other to achieve and accomplish what they want to achieve and accomplish. 
And I don't get to tell her what she wants and she doesn't get to tell me what she wants. So for, for the other, that is. So how does this all relate to other areas of life? When I started my business, when I started this business, Interwealth Global, it's called something different, but it's been the same. Just we went through a couple identity crises, crises. When I started my business, I was afraid to sell. You know why I was afraid to sell? Because I wanted to be liked. You know why I was why I was afraid to make an offer when I knew I could help someone? Because I wanted to be liked. I was sitting in a and, and and he's in he's in my inner circle right now. I was sitting in one of our members' offices before he joined our group. And he literally said, Mike, I've been looking for a coach. I want to talk about coaching. And I was like, cool. And like I left his office and I didn't follow up. And I, I, I didn't I didn't like I didn't do the work of creating a sale, creating a relationship. I literally just got up and walked out of his office and and didn't didn't circle back. He was basically saying I want to work with you and I wouldn't I wouldn't double back. And a couple months later in a conversation with him, I said, "Hey, do you know anybody who uh who would be interested in joining my mastermind?" And he basically said, "Mike, I tried to hire you months ago and you like you, you didn't you didn't seem interested in working with me. He said, I don't know if you, you wanted me to chase you or you wanted me to, you know, you wanted me to, to, to hunt you down or beg or whatever. But I basically said, I wanted to hire you and, and you didn't follow up. You didn't double back because I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be chased. I wanted, I wanted to feel like I was important. I was trying to, I was trying to have my emotional needs met, desires, what I felt were my emotional needs. I was trying to have my incompleteness fulfilled through my business. I wasn't trying to help people. I was trying to have my emotional needs met. What I felt were my emotional needs, they weren't. They were, they were emo- uh, emotional disconnects that I was trying to have met through my business. And it was because I wanted to be liked. I was trying to be liked. I was trying to feel admired. I was trying to feel important. And I was using my, my, my mechanism shifted from my marriage trying to be liked to my business. And I withheld offers and I, I withheld follow up. And there are people that I wanted to work with and I wouldn't directly tell them. I wouldn't directly engage with prospects that I knew I could help, that I wanted to work with, that I, I had a valuable offering that would change their life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't engage with them because I wanted them to chase me because I wanted to be liked. Here's the deepest pain that I've experienced to date. And I'm going to share it with you. I grew up in a religious, shameful home. And what I mean by that is I was taught that God was an angry, judgmental, arrogant, abusive, narcissistic, jealous, petulant, rageful, vengeful, 
conflict-oriented, punitive, loving being. I was taught that God loved us so much that he would punish us in eternal damnation in the fiery pits of hell. And when I was born, the first breath I took was a shameful breath because I was a broken, incomplete being that wasn't worthy of anything. And you better watch out because God's watching and he will punish you. And I spent my whole life in fear from that loving God that would punish me in the fiery pits of eternal damnation. And I tried to fit into that paradigm. I tried to fit into that box. I tried to fit into that dogma. I tried to fit into that theology, that orthodoxy. I tried to fit in, but uh, as much as I tried to fit in, I couldn't make it work for me because that didn't make sense that a loving God would punish a creation that he loved so dearly. That didn't make sense. That sounded like an angry father, not a God. And it sounded like we took the most narcissistic, jealous, angry, rageful father figure, man, walking the face of the earth, and we projected those qualities onto a God that we said loved us but would torture us. So we created a religion based on shame and guilt and manipulation and control and revenge and rage and chaos and destruction and disorder. And it didn't make any sense because we said, but this God was all loving and all knowing. And he knew you before your first breath, but he was going to kill you because he's going to punish you in a, in a fiery pits of, of, of eternity because because he loved you so much. I mean, it, it didn't make sense. And no one's going to make me help me to make sense of that. It doesn't fit. And at some point I had to realize that I did not only did I not believe in that God, I didn't believe in hell. And not only did I not believe in that God and in, in, in hell, I didn't believe that there was, there was a God outside of me. And I got to realize that we are divine and that we are the divine essence and that we are all one. And we are not here to worship God. We are here to realize that we are God. We are the awareness that is God. And as I adopted the belief, the concept, the philosophy, the idea that, that God is not separate from us, that God is us, that we are God, that we are one, we are united by awareness, that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, not spiritual, not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience, when I realized that and truly surrendered to it and dove in and realized that anything that is fear, anything that is doubt, anything that is worry, anything that is anything that is not pure, 100% adulter unadulterated, peace, love, and joy, anything less than that is a lie. 
And it's called insecurity, inadequacy, and insignificance. See, when I realized that, when it, when I really surrendered to that, and when I allowed that completely into my heart, my heart filled up and I had much more infinite love to give and judgment. I'm not going to say judgment went away because we all have work to do, but judgment slowed dissolved, began to resolve itself. It it lessened. I became more aware of it. I saw the pain that I was still sitting on, and I got to resolve that. As I realized that God was, is, all loving, all accepting, and one with us, There was more love in my heart to give, and that's when I really started loving people really powerfully. And and I'm going to share this. People can feel the love in my heart. People know that my intentions are pure. They can feel the love in my heart. And that all came from realizing that I am one with God. And I was raised in a home that told me the exact opposite. And there are religions and theologies out there that tell us that we are on the verge of being tortured by a God that loves us. And they are creating more pain and hardship than they are good. They are creating more pain, more shame, more fear, more doubt, more worry, more anxiety, more depression. They are creating more problems than they are solving. And I refuse to buy it anymore. And I, and I am accepting and embracing the torch and the microphone to bring people's awareness to the fact that if it tells you it's less than love, it's a fucking lie. If it's less than love, it's a fucking lie. And I'm calling you out, religion. The religion of shame and guilt and torment and judgment and damnation. I'm calling you out. You're a fucking liar. And why is this important? Because for a long time, I refused to to face that and to express it in the world. Because I wanted to be liked. This episode is about the courage to be disliked. And I'm stepping into my full courage to be disliked because I've got a truth to share that set people's souls, that free people's souls, and to set people's souls on fire for life, not death. The courage to be disliked, the courage to be judged, the courage to be challenged. That is what I vow from this point forward. The only way to feel infinite amounts of love 
and peace and joy in this lifetime is to fully surrender to the magnificence that you are and unlock the secrets that are within inside of you that to unlock who you really are and what you were meant to accomplish in this life and what you're here to experience in this life without the shame and the guilt, without rejection, without doubting. It's without shrinking yourself for fear of judgment, rejection, of being abandoned. Because it's if it's less than love, it's lies. My challenge for you today is the courage, the courage to be disliked. I'm I'm challenging you. I'm I'm calling you. If you look at every single leader in this world, if you look at every single loving, powerful leader in this world, if you look back at the enlightened beings, Jesus, Buddha, Lao Tzu, Krishna, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, if you look at if you look at every leader who has made a teacher who has made a true significant impact in this world, they all had one thing in common, the courage to be disliked, the courage to be okay with rejection. We are here to make a difference, not to play it safe until we die. I'm speaking my truth. I'm stepping into the courage to be disliked. And I'm challenging you to do the same. To access powerful tools and content to create more wealth, success, and happiness in your life, or to join the Happy Millionaire community, visit www.livesoulout.com.